Welcome to Crucial Conversations with Dr. Mia L. Johnson, licensed psychotherapist. The purpose of this podcast is to bring about self-awareness as it relates to your thinking patterns, feelings, communication style, ability to regulate your emotions, and respond to difficult situations. These crucial conversations are designed to empower and encourage you to enhance your self-knowledge, self-discipline, self-consciousness, and empathy for others. The title of this episode is Stop the Drama. The topic is the different roles we play in the drama triangle and the roles we can transition to. Today, we will identify roles in the drama triangle and identify your primary role in relationships. But before we get started, I definitely like to give credit where it's due. The drama triangle was first described by Stephen Cartman in the 1960s. It's a model of dysfunctional social interactions, and it vividly illustrates a power game that involves three specific roles, victim, rescuer, and persecutor. And each role represents a common and unhealthy, ineffective response to conflict. Remember at the 2022 Oscars, Chris Rock told a joke that offended Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith. In that moment, Will and Jada were the victims of what was perceived by some as a distasteful joke. Once Will yelled, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth, he transitioned from the role of victim to the role of rescuer because he was standing up for Jada. Then when he proceeded to get out of his seat, go onto the stage and slap Chris Rock, he transitioned from the role of rescuer into the role of persecutor. You see, we alter roles contingent upon the situation. However, we all have a dominant role, meaning the role we primarily show up in. Let's start with the role of persecutor. You may hear a persecutor say something like, it's all your fault. You're to blame because a persecutor will set strict limits unnecessarily, blame and criticize, keep the victim oppressed. The persecutor is driven by anger, may be rigid, unwilling to change or bend. Persecutor may remind you of a critical parent or a bully. The persecutor is going to blame the victim and criticize the enabling behavior of the rescuer without providing any type of guidance or assistance or any interest in solving the problem. Persecutor definitely won't give a solution. They are critical and unpleasant and good at finding fault, good at blaming and shaming. And most of the time, the persecutor feels inadequate underneath. The persecutor is normally insecure lacks confidence, and they behave this way to mask the fact that they do feel inadequate on the inside. They control with threats, and a persecutor can be loud or quiet. Definitely, a persecutor can be perceived as a villain at times. The persecutor will also gaslight, stonewall, and aggressively communicate. Remember, gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation, in which the persecutor or an abuser attempts to sow or plant a seed of self-doubt and confusion in their victim's mind. Typically, a gaslighter is seeking to gain power and control over the other person by confusing the other person. 
distorting the other person's reality and forcing the other person to second guess him or herself, forcing the other person to question their own judgment and intuition. I'll give you two examples of gaslighting. Shifting blame is one. That's like someone running a stop sign and getting ticketed, then saying to you, look what you made me do. If you wouldn't have been running your mouth, this wouldn't have happened. Another form of gaslighting is denying the truth. An example of this would be you seeing intimate text messages between your significant other and someone else in your significant other's phone. And when you bring it to your significant other's attention, they say, Mm-mm. no, no, not in my phone. Nah, you didn't see that in my phone. Here, here, take it. Here's my phone. I want you to take it and show me where I'm talking to someone else or texting someone else. So you look in the phone and the messages are no longer there. So now you start to question if that's what you really saw. And there are many other forms of gaslighting, which we can delve into during another episode. But in the role of persecutor, gaslighting is occurring. Like I said, stonewalling as well. And remember, stonewalling is when someone refuses to confront the issue. So they'll deflect, project, digress. They'll talk over you, not let you get a word in. They'll not respond when spoken to. They'll turn away, ignore you, or act busy. The persecutor may also resort to name calling, cursing you out, you know, using profanity, and are yelling. And all of these are indicators of aggressive communication. Again, the persecutor can be perceived as a villain or an antagonist. Now, if you find yourself in this role, get off the drama triangle by going from persecutor to encourager. Again, if you can relate to those characteristics and you find yourself in this role, the role of persecutor, get off the drama triangle by going from persecutor to encourager. And you do this by setting healthy, realistic boundaries and consequences. If you want to set healthy, realistic boundaries, you want to make sure you don't set other people up for failure. So when you create a boundary, you want to do it within reason. So like an example, saying no to people, that's a way to set a boundary, not always being a yes man or a yes woman or a yes person. Setting realistic boundaries, set a boundary that the person could possibly achieve, not something that's not attainable and set consequences. There are positive and negative consequences to all behaviors. So again, if you find yourself in the role of persecutor, you want to go from being a persecutor to being an encourager. And some people often ask me, what does that sound like? Well, you know what it sounds like to be a persecutor. It's your fault. You don't do anything right. You should do it this way. I wouldn't send my child to that school. My children wouldn't eat that kind of food. You have to do better. Those are examples of what a persecutor sounds like. An encourager is going to sound like, for example, oh, so you're having trouble right now? Okay, everybody hits a rough patch. But I'm sure that if you access your resources, you can get it done. You can get it done. You can do it. 
Oh, your kid got suspended from school? Persecutor sounds like this. Well, if you wouldn't let him do what he wants to do and just walk all over you, that wouldn't happen. You should be a stricter parent. You should have more rules in place. That's the persecutor judging you. Same situation. Your kid gets suspended from school. What would it sound like as an encourager? Well, you know, you're doing the best you can. You can't control anybody else's behavior. Just keep doing what you're doing. If you feel like you need to try something different, then do so. But it's totally not your fault that he's acting out in school. So again, you want to go from persecutor to encourager. Let's move on to rescuer. Let me help you. I can help you. I want to help you. That's what a rescuer sounds like. A rescuer will show up even if they really don't want to. They will show up to help even when they really don't want to. A rescuer may feel guilty if they're not rescuing or helping other people. They don't feel fulfilled unless they're serving in this role. A rescuer enables the victim, therefore keeps the victim dependent. A rescuer will often expect to fail in a rescue mission. Yeah, that's what I said. They often expect to fail in hopes of the victim needing them again. Because remember, they're driven by being needed. They feel fulfilled when they're doing for other people. Rescuers are constantly applying short-term repairs to a victim's problems. Heard what I said? Short-term repairs. It's not going to be a solution that completely dissolves the problem or get, gets rid of it. They want to apply a short-term repair because... They want the victim to come back. And while they are enabling the victim, helping the victim, the rescuer's own needs are being neglected. You see, some people are going to rescue to distract themselves from their own issues, their own problems. They're also working hard to help other people. And therefore, they start to look and feel stressed, tired. They often have physical complaints. My back. I have headaches because they're constantly in save someone else mode. The rescuer is usually angry underneath and they also can be loud or quiet. They're willing, vic they're a willing victim. The rescuer is a willing victim, voluntarily a victim of woe, it's me because I, I have to take on everyone else's problems. No, you choose to. You don't have to. You choose to. And how does taking on other people's problems help you? You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Remember, what primarily stresses us out are other people's problems, are things that we cannot change our control. So as a rescuer, you're saying you're a victim because people are calling you and telling you their problems. People are coming to you in hopes of you solving their problems. That's your fault. You've opened the door for that. And that's what makes the rescuer a willing victim. And sometimes a rescuer will also use guilt to get their way. Now, when discussing the rescuer, the proverb, teach the man to fish comes to mind. Remember, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you feed him for a lifetime. This simply means it's more worthwhile to teach someone to do something for themselves than to do it for them on a continuous basis. You see, the rescuer is going out and catching the fish, cleaning the fish, seasoning the fish, and spoon feeding it to the victim. 
Therefore, the victim eats just for a day and doesn't learn how to fend for self. The rescuer basically assumes the roles of hero and enabler. The rescuer is both a hero and an enabler. Pros and cons to everything. If you find yourself in this role, in the role of rescuer, get off the drama triangle. Get off by going from rescuer to coach. And you can do this by providing help without enabling and allow the person, which is the victim, to learn and grow by solving his or her own problems. What does that sound like? Well, let me give you an example of what it sounds like to be a rescuer. Somebody calls you and they tell you they just got their car repossessed. The rescuer immediately goes into dun da 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 hero mode. Well, you can borrow my car. I'm working from home nowadays. You can just come and use my car. When I get my tax refund, I can help you with a down payment on another one. Don't worry about it. I got you. I got you covered. That's the rescuer. If you can transition from the role of rescuer to coach, same scenario. Person calls and says they their car has been repossessed. This is what the coach would sound like. Okay, all right. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, what alternatives do you have? What resources do you have access to? Now you're asking open-ended questions where you're cognitively challenging the person to think and identify possible solutions. So like the person may tell you, I'm anticipating a huge tax refund. I have some money coming in from a settlement soon. I can go to my credit union and possibly negotiate another type of loan. I can, other options, other options. And the coach is there to listen and guide the victim so that the victim can solve his or her problem on their own. All right, with that being said, let's get into... The victim, poor me, what about me? Whoa, it's me. Nothing good ever happens for me. Nobody likes me. I have bad luck. That's what a victim sounds like. The victim feels victimized, hopeless, powerless, ashamed. The victim is constantly looking for a rescuer who will perpetuate their negative feelings. Oh, I know how you feel. I know it must suck to feel that way. Oh, it's not your fault. It's everybody else's fault. So again, the victim is looking for a rescuer who will perpetuate their negative feelings. The victim will block self from making decisions, solving problems, or feeling any pleasure. The victim is basically stuck. The victim is stuck in this role not even trying to weigh the cost and benefits, the pros and cons to make a decision, not trying to use deductive reasoning to make a decision or solve a problem, and not trying to find any joy or pleasure in life. The victim endorses mental filtering, which we've already learned is a a negative or irrational way of thinking, a distorted way of thinking. They focus solely on the negatives of everything. They ignore that everything's not all negative. There are some positives. Victims, again, feel helpless and hopeless. They deny responsibility for their negative circumstances. So the victim, again, will stay stuck and not acknowledge how their behaviors and attitudes have contributed to a situation. So like imagine someone telling you they've gotten fired from a job. 
And it's like, they'll tell you, everybody hated me on the job. The boss was out to get me. They were jealous of me. They didn't appreciate me. They're just targeting me because I'm a female or maybe targeting me because I'm part of a specific community. They may be targeting me because I'm black or other. It's all the other person's fault. The victim takes no responsibility and the victim doesn't acknowledge their own behaviors and attitudes, such as showing up to work late turning projects in late, being difficult to work with, not acknowledging any, any of their behaviors and attitudes that contributed to their employment termination, the termination of their employment. They also do less than 50%, won't take a stand. They act super sensitive, wanting kid glove treatment and pretending to be incompetent at times when they know the answer, but they just have that desire that desire to show up like they're helpless and hopeless and they constantly need someone else to solve and solve problems and make decisions for them. So in the event that you show up as a victim, we want you to get off the drama triangle and go from victim to survivor and thriver. Again, if you find yourself in the role of victim, we want you to go from victim to survivor and thriver. And you do this by learning and applying problem solving skills. And these are skills that can be learned. Some behaviors, some of the behaviors, the skills that you're applying to life right now need to be unlearned so that you can get to the next level. So again, we want you to go from being a victim to a survivor. I survived this. I survived what happened to me. I survived the divorce. I survived the grief. I survived the abusive relationship. Now I'm thriving. I'm in a new relationship. I found a new job. I am in the acceptance stage of grieving. But you can't get there until you learn how to apply problem solving skills. Remember earlier I mentioned that even though we have a dominant role, we still alternate between all three roles contingent on the situation. Let's look at one more example that supports this. So Angela is in an abusive relationship. Her boyfriend has beaten her and left her scarred yet again. One more time. Angela is in an abusive relationship. Her boyfriend has beaten her and left her scarred yet again. This is Angela in the role of victim. When he goes to the shower, she calls the police. The police arrive and they arrest him. Once he's securely in handcuffs, Angela goes off. Angela spits on him. She yells out, you're trash. I hate you. This is Angela in the role of persecutor. Two days go by. And the boyfriend is unable to make bail due to a lack of funds. So Angela decides to use her rent money to bail him out. This is Angela in the role of rescuer. You see how it alternates and it's all contingent upon the situation. In this particular example, her primary role is that of victim. However, as the situation changes, she assumes the other roles. And we all do it. 
You do it. I do it. It's all contingent upon what the situation is. But we want to keep in mind that we do not want to stay stuck in the role of persecutor, rescuer and our victim. So here's where I cognitively challenge you. What is your primary role? How are you showing up in other people's lives? Which role do you relate to the most? What does it look like and sound like when you assume this role? So when you are in the role of persecutor, what does that look like? What are your behavioral cues? Are you yelling? Are you slamming doors? Are you stumping your feet? Are you ignoring people? Are you talking over people? Are you gaslighting people, trying to convince them that what they have seen or what they know isn't correct or isn't the truth? What does it look like when you're in the role of persecutor? What does it look like? What does it sound like? What does it look like when you're in the role of rescuer? Are you offering help when people haven't asked you for it? Are you stressed out? By trying to solve other people's problems? Are you angry when people do not take your advice? Because remember, sometimes you're giving solicited advice. Other times you're giving advice that no one asked for. And then you'll be angry that they have not applied what you suggested. Again, remember, you can lead the horse to water. That's you telling them your recommendation. That's you giving your opinion. That's you making a referral. Again, you making a suggestion. The horse drinking the water, you don't control that part. You don't control if they take heed to your opinions, your suggestions, etc. And what does it look like and sound like when you are in the role of victim? She did that to me, but you hurt me. Y'all don't understand what they they have done to me. I can't just let this go. What about me? You don't know what I've been through. Sometimes people don't understand what you've been through. Sometimes people can empathize with what you are going through and what you have been through. Regardless, it's not okay to stay stuck, to become stagnant and stay stuck in the role of victim. Yes, these things have happened to you. Acknowledge them. Seek therapy. Do what's necessary to process through this unfinished business, to process through this trauma so that you can transition from the victim role to the role of survivor and thriver. If you really want to know your primary role, if you are questioning what it is after hearing the information, the description of the roles, Go to the link in the description box and feel free to take the quiz to identify your primary role. Now, if you'd like to learn how to develop the skills to get off of the drama triangle and you are willing to accept help for old habits, sign up for classes at theformulaforlife.com because we want you to transition from persecutor to the role of encourager rescuer to the role of coach and from victim to the role of survivor and thriver. If you can relate to today's topic and want to apply what you've learned to your life, 
Sign up for classes at theformulaforlife.com. Feel free to follow us at Crucial Conversations Podcast or The Toolkit Project on Instagram or The Toolkit Project PLLC on Facebook. Be sure to tune in next time for another Crucial Conversation.